Hi everyone, it's Vanessa here from episode 3 of Working It, a careers podcast. I hope you are all keeping really well. I am so excited to be sharing today's episode with you where I will be joined with Jennifer Neff and Leanne Monk, who are both the co-CEOs of their company, Elemental. Elemental is a software company who uses social prescribing to connect people, build communities and to improve the lives of people who are both involved in the public and in the private sector. Unfortunately, due to COVID-19, I wasn't able to get the pleasure of meeting these two inspirational ladies in person. And as a result of the long distance, there will be some glitches in our recording today. However, I had the best of crack recording with Jennifer and Leanne and chatting to them gave me a really good insight into careers in community development, what the world of business looks like, and also the ups and downs of being a startup. So I really hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed speaking to them, and I also hope you laughed as much as I did too. Hi Jennifer, hi Leanne, thank you both so much for joining us today on Working It, a careers podcast. How are you both keeping? Great, thanks. I'm good, thank you. That's great. You have both had such amazing careers, you both studied business in university. Jennifer, you were in Scotland, am I right? Yeah, I was in Scotland, actually. I was at um, Queen Margaret in Edinburgh. And Leanne, didn't you study at John Muir's in Liverpool? Yeah, I done business information systems at John Muir's in Liverpool. Can you both talk me through your journeys from leaving school to studying business at university and then what your journeys looked like that led you back to Derry? For myself, it was um, my experience around the um, GCSEs and A levels was wasn't great. I you know I studied hard, but when I when I actually had finished studying and I asked myself, right, what have you learned there? It was I found it difficult to kind of be able to take the learning and then go right, you know, summarize what I'd learned. So I did okay in the GCSEs, but I thought I was going mm-hmm. to do better. And then the A levels, I just completely crashed out on the A levels. And I was just so disappointed with my results. I got two D's and an E. And it meant that I had to go through clearing, which is just, if anyone's ever been through that process, it is just soul destroying, where you're literally phoning around universities to, to see if they'll take you in. And it's a place where, you know, you really do, don't want to have to go to, but it has to be done. So I remember when the results came in, all my friends and all went out and me and another girl just sat in and they all went to Squires, which was, that shows you how many years ago it was. You're showing your age there, Jennifer, Squires. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I didn't go because I was just like, I, I had worked really hard for the A-levels, but whatever happened, it just didn't come through for me. So um, I remember saying to myself, this will never happen mm-hmm. again. And I'd had some experiences before being kind of let down with things. So, I, you know, I knew I had the taste of disappointment before, but the, nothing like this. So so then I kind of looked then around and I was trying to phone around everywhere to get in um, to different places. And then I thought, right, you know what? I'm just going to think, right, where do I want to live? And I thought, I want to live in Scotland. I want to live in Edinburgh. And I looked up, you know, what unis and colleges are around there. And I thought, right, I want to go. And I looked at this place and it had a swimming pool. And I thought, there's a place that has a swimming pool. I'm going to go there. And then I looked at the courses and I thought, applied consumer studies. That sounds brilliant. It was like marketing, (laughs) consumer law, policy. And I thought, that sounds really interesting. And that's how I made my decision. And I was only in the (laughs) swimming pool twice. But the course was brilliant. And every aspect of that course I have taken and every job I have ever done, that course has stayed with me and what I've learned. So it was totally by luck that I got there, but it made such a big difference. And that's kind of, you know, and then when I was there, I thought, right, this is your chance now. Get about the A-levels, get over that and get yourself a 2-1. 
So I just worked really, really hard and I got me to one and I was delighted. And that was kind of my experience of um, school and university. Uh, what about Julian? My um, background from school until now has been, uh, full to say the least, you could say I wasn't the model student. Um, when I was at secondary school, I went to St. Cecilia's. Um, I didn't know when to zip it. I had a, a big mouth on me at times. And I just didn't know when to stop with, with a teacher. So I, I didn't do well up until I was playing up, you could say, up until about the end of third year um, in secondary school when it, it came to time to pick the choices for GCSE. And the, the kind of things the teachers were saying to me was that you're smart, you can get your GCSEs, but if you don't pull your socks up now, you're going to fail them all. And I think that was a light bulb moment for me to say, like, yeah, I really need to get the head down now and, and get the GCSEs because I, I wanted to go back in the sixth year and I wanted to go to university. Um, I didn't want to stay in the area. I knew at that age that I wanted to go across the water to a university in England. I wanted to experience being in a big city um, at, at a university. So I did get my head down, but I didn't get it down enough. I'd done all right in the GCSEs. I knew myself that I didn't do so well in exams um, because I didn't spit out the, the studying right and I tried to cram it all in. I knew I, I performed better when I was handling coursework and stuff like that. Um, able to do it at my own pace and still meet the deadline. So I decided to go not down the A-level route, I'd on GMVQ. Um, it's it's E-Tech, I think it's called now, but it was um, a GMVQ in, in business um, and it was worth two A-levels. But if you'd done additional units then, it, it brought you up to your three A-levels and it was 100% coursework. So i done really well at that and I got a distinction. So it meant that it opened a lot of doors in terms of university. But I was a bit like Jennifer, I picked the the degree they match the city. So uh, Liverpool, I needed me and I knew that the nightlife was great and stuff like that. And my friends were all over there. There's a lot of dairy people in Liverpool. Like uh, uh, many dairy over there. Uh, there's dairy people everywhere. And it was good. I wanted that sort of community as well where you're around, you know, you're around people that you're familiar with and stuff like that. So I picked a business information system. So I was interested in computers, but also interested in business. So it sort of combined the two together. So I, I picked that degree and it was a, a four-year degree where you had your year placement. And that appealed to me as well because you were making money, but learning as well, and then go back to do your fourth year. To be honest with you, the, the first two years was just not enough studying and too much going out and about and enjoying myself. The lecturers were saying the same thing. You can do well in this degree, but you're going to fail it if you don't pull your socks up, basically. I didn't listen. I went on. I, I just got through the first two years. Grand. I was happy enough for just getting the pass. Went on to do my third year. Um, then I, I worked in a, a big multinational organization in Merseyside for the year. And then it just gave me time to think. And in the fourth year, um, and trying to get a good degree. Like Jennifer, I wanted the 2-1 as well, but I was sitting on a third. So I had a lot to do to bring it up to a 2-1. Um, and then I always say that life throws you little curveballs, and I had a little curveball thrown at me. I started my final year. I had a wee surprise, and uh, the wee surprise is called Aidan Monk, and he's 18 years old now. And it was a blessing for me because it meant that, you know, no drinking, no partying, really got under the degree, pulled my socks up, and I, I ended up getting that 2-1. Um, it wasn't easy. I'd spent my whole time in a student house, pregnant, where all my friends partying. And I was going to my room with her when they were all partying, but it meant that I was studying well. I didn't get to do my exams the same time as everybody else because my Aiden was due around May time. So I had him at the end of April. But the university allowed me to come back and do my exams in July. So I had him. Went back then to Liverpool for a week. My mommy watched him. Went back and, and done my, um, submitted my coursework before I went off to have him and then done my exams then in July and, and got a 2-1. So... 
that's how I ended up in the degree. Leanne, after having Aidan, you moved back home to Derry. So, Jennifer, what was it that made you move home as well? As a lot of people who go to university over the water tend to stay there as people have the mentality that there's no jobs in Derry. Um, I I suppose I didn't come home after the degree. I went on then. I decided I always kind of look at different phases of my life. So I thought, right, Edinburgh was studying, so I, I now need to go somewhere else. Um, and I don't know why I do this all the time, but I do think I do push myself to say, right, you know, you're going to go somewhere next now and you're not going to be with everybody that you were with before. So I like to kind of draw a line under periods of my life. So um, I decided then I got offered, I applied for um, a graduate job. I applied for lots of graduate jobs, but didn't get them. But I got offered one for Norwich Union to be a marketing graduate. So I think there was something like 300 people in for it. And I was selected as a person that they wanted to come and join their their um, their program and love down in Norwich. But at the time, there was a thing in the press around the most depressing places they love. And Norwich was number one. So I was like, I don't want to go and live in a depressing place to live. I want to go somewhere else. So I turned down the job and I told my mum and dad, guess what? I'm not going to Norwich. Now. I'm not going to take that really well-paid job that's going to pay for all my moving from Edinburgh down to my relocation. I'm going to go to Manchester. And they were like, right, okay, well, what are you doing there? I don't know yet. I'll get a job. And they were they were devastated, but they were my mum and dad are so supportive. And they're like, look, whatever you think is that you want to do. So I kind of packed up all my things, moved to Manchester and um, did a couple of wee kind of crappy sales jobs and then got a job in Salford Keys and um, Barclays Bank call centre. So it was something like half the salary of what I would have got if I had, had gone to Norwich. And you didn't need a degree to get into this call centre. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh my God, what have I done? But I was in a place I wanted to be. And I remember I was like, my salary was so low that I used to put two pounds worth of petrol into my car. I bought this wee car for 300 pounds. And I used to be standing at the petrol pumps, just putting on two, like 198, 199, <laughs> oh, two pound. And that was all I could afford for my uh, for my petrol. But you know what? I made it work and I stood out. I made sure I stood out in Barclay Call um, as somebody that wanted to move up. And I got the opportunity then to go into the Princess Trust program. And I was put forward for that. So it was a 12-week program where it was all about learning all about organizing community events and fundraising and giving something back. And there was all different types of people with different types of backgrounds in my team. And it was all teamwork. And we kind of came together really, really well. But we got a chance to go to um, Buckingham Palace because they had the Royal Charter at that point. So we got invited down. And I had got to speak in front of like 400 people and tell them all about the experience. So I'd really left something with me, you know, in terms of like community development and stuff. And I was like sparked my interest in that. But it just meant that I was in Manchester for another four years. Um, and then I kind of moved on and did a sales job where I was out selling advertising. Um, and it was tough going, but I, I made a lot of money from that. So then I had another decision to make. And it was right, am I going to go to America maybe? Or um, am I going to go traveling? And I decided to take the money and go traveling by myself around New Zealand, Australia, Southeast Asia. So I did that for six months. And then I finally came back to Derry then when I was 26, just about to turn 27. So that was the next part of that phase in my life. That's amazing. And Leanne, after moving home, what was your career path like? I know you worked for the Old Library Trust in Craigan for a number of years. So did you move into that job straight away after university or was there anything in between? 
I came back home. I don't, I don't like to let the grass grow under my feet, as my mum and daddy says. I can't settle. So I was looking for a job from my Aiden was four weeks old. Don't get me wrong, I, I loved being a mommy and looking after him, but I wanted to get out to work as quick as possible as well, like an independent, making my own money. So I spent, um, up until my Aiden was one, I worked at the local primary school, working in their offices at the Batman. It was a great experience and they gave me a chance. They, they seen something on me, gave me a chance, brought me in, gave me that experience to put something on my CV. But during mm-hmm. that time, it got me thinking as well. I thought about, before I went to university, I always said that I had this idea of I wanted to be this big businesswoman traveling the world with a, a multinational company. That was my idea of what I wanted to do as a career. But when I had my own, just all things changed and it got me looking at the world differently. And I thought, do you know what? My priorities is, is here and there with my son for at least the next 45 years. So I thought, can I do as a career? And it got me thinking about the same as Jennifer, I was always interested in community and I got interested in community development and it just so happened that a job came up in Cregan and the Old Library Trust. So that's when I started my career um, in the Old Library Trust. And I just, um, I started off as an admin person in there. Then I took on the admin and finance, self-taught around all the finance. But I really wanted to be more involved in the community and more involved in the programs. I was interested in funding and how to secure funding as well. And they trained me up and I ended up being the programs manager in there, managing all the programs, listening to the community to see what yeah. they wanted, finding the money to match that and then rolling out the, the, the programs right across the Craigan community. Um, but as we grew as a, a, a charity as well, we were delivering stuff across the city, um, right across the, the north of Ireland and some cross-border stuff as well. Um, so that's really how I get into community development. And Jennifer, whenever you moved back to Derry after travelling, didn't you do some youth development with the Waterside Credit Union? I so um like volunteering and giving something back was was always really important to me. When I was sixteen, I, I did six months up in Oxfam, and um it just gave me those skills that it was it enabled me to get jobs. Then when I was working at university, I had a job every year, but it you know I probably wouldn't have had that if I wasn't able to use it till and um you know be able to show how you could do merchandising and things like that and window displays so all that voluntary work kind of helped and I've, I've continued that on throughout but the Waterside Credit Union was so this moving back was really interesting because this is the first time I was back in Derry since I was 18 so it's nearly 10 years been away and then I was coming back to Derry and it was like right and I remember my dad coming into my room and throwing a newspaper on the bed to me and he says we're looking for a job <laughs> all right okay so then um I, I got a job but at the same time I, I got involved with the Waterside Credit Union and I was their youth development officer and I was on their board of directors so that was eight years so I really kind of got stuck in the you know what mattered and and it was all about young people and helping them develop their skills and getting those kind of committee experience you know and, and team working experience so I did that at the same time and then I started my own business then so I had um, four years where I had a consultancy business and I was always interested in business because even when I was 12, I used to go down to Cork. My dad's from Cork, so um, we used to go down to Cork and my grandma's next door neighbour used to have like pens, you know, those four pens with the different colours and there was, um, he used to sell stationery, so he had loads of books and loads of pens and things and I used to bring them into Thornhill and I used to sell them. There was a thing in Thornhill called the book press where you would buy all your stationery, yeah. but I used to undercut the book press with all my stationery and I used to be selling it at lunch times and breaks and things, so I loved that, you know, that kind of haggling and negotiating and, um, and 
kind of that experience around selling and stuff. So I'd always been interested in that. So when I started my own consultancy business and it was just actually as a bit like Leanne, I had my son and I had won a little bit of work for the Chamber of Commerce. And I remember five days after giving birth, I was at the laptop because I still had to finish off this particular um, contract that I was doing. So it's I think it's and both of us were kind of we're all not afraid of getting stuck on it and delivering on stuff. These are Wonder Woman. <laughs> I was just like, you know, great to have kids, but, you know, there's other stuff that needs to be done and it keeps you um, busy too. So um, I so there was a few different jobs here in Derry while I was kind of finding my feet um, and getting back into things. And then City of Culture came along and I was involved in that. I was in the sponsorship team for City of Culture, helping raise the funding for um, corporate sector funding um, for City of Culture. And then I moved on to ILEX then and Regeneration. And that is when I first met Leanne. That's what I was just going to ask you. It seemed like he's both had the same views where he's wanted to connect people, improve people's lives and build up communities. So how did you two actually end up meeting and then moving forward to creating Elemental? It was uh, the City of Culture year and Jennifer was working on the, the one plan. Um, and the one plan, there was different uh, themes. Jennifer, you're probably better explaining the one plan than me, but this is my take on it. There was different themes and there was different subgroups attached to those themes. And one of them was promoting Derry as, a, as an active city. And it was something that I was really passionate about, that there should be activity opportunities for everybody, physical activity opportunities for everybody, regardless of your ability, um, regardless of your uh, medical condition, and regardless of cost. So um, I was part of that subgroup, and it just so happened that Jennifer was also part of that subgroup. And it's funny how that we connected. It was Easter time and she came into the meeting and the meeting was in the building that I was the programs manager on. Um, and she came out with these wee chocolate bunnies, you know, the wee lamp chocolate bunnies. And she was handing them out to the, the, the people in the meeting because I just joined the subgroups and they'd all knew each other. And I was like, hmm, this, this gear's mm-hmm. interesting. I wonder who she is. We get chatting in the meeting and we were chatting about that, you know, you're putting out all these flyers and you're putting out information and there are loads of text on them. But how do you even know that the people understand that text? There could be literacy issues, there could be health literacy issues, you know, they understand the health information. And Jennifer had says, you know, why are we not using more pictures? Why are we not using infographics and diagrams? And uh, we always joke now and say that we got together for our love of diagrams. So it was just across the room and I pointed at her and says, I love diagrams as well. And then that's the point that we connected and we met each other for a coffee afterwards and we just got chatting. And despite um, money being brought into the area in terms of funding and being good at bringing in that funding and putting on the programs and services that the community said that they wanted, the people that needed the most help were still not getting supported uh, as best as they should be. And people were falling through the cracks and that's what we were concerned about. And that's how we started the conversation about Elemental. And we just we just had it off straight away. It was just... It was unbelievable, actually. And when you think that was seven years, nearly eight years ago now, Leanne. And I always laugh because it's like I always say to people, you know, I've got my husband and my kids. And then the next most important person in my life, apart from my mum and dad and all, is Leanne Monk. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. <laughs> it's great to see that you both had such a good relationship as you were working towards your business. We were very lucky, especially because whenever, I don't know if you noticed this, Vanessa, but we're co-CEOs. We both share the CEO position in Elemental. Now, we were told we were told loads of things when we were setting this business up and over the years. 
Um, things like, oh, you don't want to set your business up in Derry, you want to set it up in Belfast. Oh, you can't both be the CEO. But what we've proven, and it's been so important, is that Derry is a good place to set up a business and run a business and grow a business. And also, you can have two people um, leading the, C- the company and being the CEO. We've really clear, defined uh, roles within the business and we keep in constant communication and we make sure that the team knows what they can go to Leanne for or what they can go to me for. We always laugh, Leanne, don't we? We say we are one superhuman because I have strengths in so many places, but then I've got weaknesses too. And the same with Leanne. And we always say to each other, you're better at that than me or I need your help for that there. And it's just an acknowledgement that, you know, you can't do everything yourself. And there are ups and down days and there's days where I'm not feeling it and there's days where Leanne's not feeling it and the other person goes, right, come on, we've got this far here. Now keep going. Don't listen to that person. We'll just keep we'll keep doing this. And we can read each other like books. Even by the way I type, she knows if I'm not in a good mood and vice versa. <laughs> what advice would you give to anyone who is in the process of or maybe thinking about starting a business? And what would you say have been the ups and downs for you as being a startup? I would say, first of all, you need to look at what the problem is. So sometimes people start a business because they just are interested in something and they think it's brilliant. But you have to really look at what the problem is that you're solving. So the problem that Leanne and I were solving was there's it was around health inequalities because people, depending on where they live in some streets in a city, will die 15 years before someone else. So that was our problem. We were like, that's just not right. Jeez, we need to do something about this. And because of all our experience, we knew, you know, we knew what needed to happen. So it's identifying what the problem is, first of all, and then looking at what the solution is um, and just being clear on that. So that's always a good starting point and being able to articulate what the solution is. Now, we struggled for a long time at the start to be able to say to the point that people used to say, oh, that's very good. But what is it you're actually doing? So trying to get that little kind of elevator pitch or get that little two sentence thing to say, this is the problem. This is the solution. Here's what we're doing about it. And this is going to be the result of as you know of, of the work that we do. So it's that, I suppose, is a good starting point. I would agree with Jennifer that doing the research as to, you know, what is the need um, for this product or service that you have the idea about for a business. So it's really seeing what the need is for it. Um, and then once you see the need for it, that ours was there's a need in the community to better connect everyone that played a part. But once you identify that, then you're really clear in explaining it. Who's actually going to pay for it? And that's that's a big thing that is really important because you don't have a business if people aren't going to pay for it. So it's who is the payer? So who's going to buy your product or service? Who buys your product or service as well? Might necessarily be the people that, that's using the, the product or service. So that's in our case, someone pays for it, but they don't really actually use it. It's someone else that uses it. So you have to identify that as well. I would say that in terms of starting up your own business, entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it, that it's not easy. It's really, really difficult. And you do have to put a lot of your things in life on hold or, you know, have people in there supporting you. Um, it's definitely not 95. Um, and you have to be um, ready to go 100 miles an hour and maybe go 100 miles an hour for maybe even one year, two years without very little reward back again. There has to be commitment uh, and you have to be passionate about it. So that, that would be my take on, on starting up a business. I think that's what puts a lot of people off actually starting a business because I think people have these ideas in their heads and think that within a couple of weeks or even within a couple of months that their business is going to grow but that really isn't the case at all as it kind of takes 
from what you've both said, it really does take a number of years. No, and it's I suppose the the next the, one another but important part is developing the product or the service or whatever it is. So um, one of the big things that we're very proud of actually is the fact that we are co-CEOs of a software company that's used by the NHS and lots of other councils and housing associations and we're even used in prisons. Leanne and I aren't techies, so we, we aren't developers. So how, how has this happened? So developing an idea and making it into an actual you know, product, if it's a tech product, for example, we pitched our idea. The very first time we pitched our idea was in the Verbal Arts Centre in Derry, and it was um, part of a Team Ed Health Challenge. And we went in and we got a wee video made and we got T-shirts and all printed. And um, we had Leanne's mommy and friend in the video as being the doctor and the patient and the, the link worker community navigator. So we pitched the idea and we, this was £500 and we thought, right, well, if we get this £500, that means we can, you know, we can start to build this thing. Um, but we didn't, we didn't want it. And one of the judges at the end of the pitch said, what is it you're actually doing? Sound broke on the video and it was just a complete disaster and my mommy was sitting up the back and I was like oh my god and this was our first time that we'd been kind of we felt like we'd been shot down so this no this was the first time we've had so many rejections over the years and we always say don't we Leanne that the punches just you, you started not to feel them as much whenever you were getting a letter to say thank you for your application but no we're not going to be able to fund this idea so um uh, we were like whatever let's go what's next <laughs> exactly and it was years and years of that Vanessa literally years so resilience is another big thing it's been able to you know like this idea is this is your baby and then people are going to kind of criticize it and you have to be ready to take that um so it, we so we didn't get we didn't win but the person who won is a professor in Ulster University called Professor Morris Mulvena and he won and he came up to us afterwards and he said you know what your idea is better than mine they gave us the 500 pounds and he gave us access to one of his graduate developers who built a wee prototype for us. And um, all of a sudden then we had a thing, we had a product. Um, we had a very basic version of what was in our heads and what we'd mapped out on big flip chart pages. We had a thing. So then we took it out and we tested it because we thought it was great, but let's just see what other people think. And we tested it and the feedback was great. And we tested it up in Craigan, actually up in um, the old library trust and it was brilliant it was it helped people to find out what was available in their own community it helped them to understand it was around diabetes and it was what their diabetic risk was and Leanne and I always say whilst like anxiety levels depression levels diabetic risk levels all dropped within the 12-week program that people were using elemental um what we really took away from it was that there were 75 percent of the people who started it were still there at the end and they were saying what can what can I do next? This is brilliant. This is you know what's next for me, and you know how can I find out more? Whereas maybe we would have seen about maybe fifty percent of people drop off on a program or a service. Um, so it really ignited something us and us to say right, this is really good because this is personal. People can actually see what's available, choose the things that are important to them, and understand the difference that engaging in um a walking group or a cooking class has in their health and well being. So that was the kind of point where the product, and now we've had, we had another version of it, and then we had the the minimal viable product, the MVP, um, and we launched that in 2016 over in uh, Expo in Manchester. So there was lots of iterations of, of the elemental system, but what we have today now is a scalable piece of kit that has all these different modules and features and things, 
that commissioners just love um, and they use it and it's helping people to find things in their own community and it supports them to engage in those things and then it says right let's see what you want to do next it's all built around the social prescribing model of care and um, people often say we found a solution to a problem that didn't exist because we didn't know it was called social prescribing way back seven years ago but it just so happens to be now a massive thing and especially during covid um, social prescribing and the whole infrastructure of social prescribing where GPs and social workers are able to refer people with individual needs um, to link workers who are then able to connect people into befriending, death advice, social welfare, legal advice. All those social determinants of health can be addressed by that and elemental as a system that's used across the we're the leading provider of this technology and it just amazes us, doesn't it, Leanne, to, to think of how far it's come. Yeah, definitely. I think it's absolutely fantastic how you both really didn't have great experiences at school and how you both then moved to study business at university and how your journeys led you both to opening your own business. I feel like both of your stories will be really inspirational to anyone listening who is maybe confused about what courses to study, what steps they're going to take next or for anyone who's actually considering starting their own business. I definitely because it's you know, I suppose you come out of school sometimes thinking, you know, you weren't the A student, you weren't the head girl, you weren't even a, a prefect. I, I think there was something like 230 prefects in my year. And um, there was 30 people who weren't prefects and I was one of the 30. And it was despite th- thinking that I was doing the right thing, you know, being in the choir and the orchestra, but for whatever reason, the people making the decision around who the prefects were didn't think that I was uh prefect material and unfortunately you carry that type of thing what you you shouldn't do don't you i had the same experience in my school and i was left standing away for y'all really <laughs> they didn't know what they're missing <laughs> no they definitely don't <laughs> jennifer and leanne thank you both so much for coming on today's episode and for giving us an insight into what your journey was like from leaving school to creating elemental thank you vanessa i enjoyed it it's great thank you thank you Keep it going. This is brilliant. More of this type of stuff, Vanessa, is, is so needed. So well done to you too um, for making all this happen. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening to today's episode with Jennifer and Liam. Next week, I'll be joined with Roy Kelly, who will be telling us about his career path that led him to creating his own company, MRK Events. And he'll also be telling us how he got into working with the fashion competition Junkature. This will be a great episode for anyone who's interested in a career in business and also music and events management. I really hope you will all join me next week for another episode of Working It, a careers podcast. Thank you.